This show is presented by Manscaped. Sign up for 20% off manscaped.com using the code DANGLE. Jesse Blake. Let's go! Well, the virus has struck again. Steve yes. Dangle broadcasting from home. Ah, what I happened? had a good run. I had a good run. Uh, so Leo's daycare, as my phone goes off immediately, good start. Um, Leo's daycare has had uh, like over a dozen cases, mm-hmm. like adults and kids, mm-hmm. and he's one of them. Nice. But you don't, you're not positive, are you? Well, I mean, I try to be. No, the most important (laughs) thing here is that you've tested negative twice. You don't have it at all. (laughs) Yeah, which is bizarre. And I don't know. I'm sort of like, yeah, okay. I'm not sure I believe it. You'll probably get it eventually. Yeah, like I figured out of an abundance of caution, I probably shouldn't come. Ah, fair. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. it just sucks. Your streak is alive. Yeah, still, my streak. My streak is technically alive. Yeah. You're still dodging it. Still dodging. You can't it. pretend yeah. like ah, oh, it ended. It, it yeah. technically didn't. You're end still at Keith Yandel. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was I was gonna make fun of Leo, and I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself yeah, to do it. He's fine. Baby. Yeah, he's asymptomatic. <laughs> he's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. Well, yep. it is what it is. So this week, Jesse will be over, but Steve will be broadcasting remote as we Wee. play out an isolation period. Fun times. But listen, there's a lot to talk about. And, you know, I'm glad that we got I'm glad we got Friday night. in. I want to thank everybody for joining the stream on Friday night. Uh, That was pretty amazing. Um, And it was a fun, fun little all star skills competition. Mm -hmm. Parts of it dragged. Parts of it were great. We'll get to our thoughts on the all star game in a little bit, though. First, I think the shocking, shocking photo that people had to wake up to women's hockey and wearing masks. N95 masks in the uh, Russia game. People were shocked by the photo. (laughs) This is too far, they said, and then, and then they then they realized how stupid they looked because women are actually playing hockey with masks on. Both, uh, well, just Team Canada decided to. Russia decided to take theirs off, and and there's people complaining about not being able to breathe and go to the grocery store. I just want to throw that out there with the N95 masks. (laughs) Yeah, you're chasing Marie Philippe around the ice for like an hour. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but I can't. I can't do this. It's too hard. I'm a little disappointed in Team Canada from that game because the uh, the over under was set at a seven and a half. And did you take it? Seven goals, not enough. Oh, yeah. but the uh, six goals. It was six to one, by the way, and they've looked amazing. Yeah, the bet you wanted was both teams to score at least one goal. Because that's one they always offer in these women's games for uh, Team Canada oh. games. That, whew, that hit. That, <laughs> now, okay, what would the odds be like on something like that? Like, if I were to put 10 bucks on yeah. both teams, I just hope both teams score. So, goal. the both teams score is, it was uh, 2 point, I think, like, 110 on the, like, decimal odds. So, you're you're paying out, like, uh, like 11 bucks, 12 so, bucks. So, if you put 10 bucks, you get 12 bucks back. Yeah, if you, that hits, you get $12 back. Okay. It's not a bad. That's like, a pretty, bad. That's, those are really good returns. odds for asking one team to score one goal. Because Team Canada, that you already hit on half of the bet. Yeah. All you need is Russia to score one lucky goal, which happens because uh, you, uh, eventually you get up so much that you lo- lag a little behind, and the other team just pots one, even though they might not be that good. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's pretty good odds to pay out for one goal. 
what what about this bet? Uh, whether or not um, women's hockey in the Olympics will be around much longer, <laughs> you know, because Rosie Romano does not think it should be there. Yeah, we knew we'd have to hit on this as soon as that. As soon as I woke up on Sunday morning, I saw Mikey Stevens tweeting about Rosie DeMano, and I thought, I'm like, I, I sincerely hope this is not something we have to cover on our podcast. And of, course, know, it, of course it is. But I, they, go ahead, please. No, explain, explain what okay, we're talking let me, about. Okay, let, yeah. let me just bring up the article. Hold on, Steve. Just, let me just bring well, up I, I got Steve it. Steve segued to this, and we didn't yeah, set it up. We weren't, we weren't going to this <laughs> oh. first, but we're going to it now, and that's okay. That's okay. Sorry. No, no, Sorry. it's fine. Why women... Don't belong at the Olympics. Opinion. Stars. Why women's hockey doesn't belong at the Olympics. Sorry, women's hockey, not yes. women. <laughs> not women. Can you now, imagine? Now the old got ratioed harder. Just so you know, the trope is they're so good, what's the point? It's not doing anything for the sport. And I'll read you the the, right. the opening line. Through two uh group stage games, the Canadian women's hockey team has outscored its opposition twenty three to two and outshot them hundred and eighteen to forty four. That's not sports. That's abomination domination, <laughs> which, by the way, I'm into that sex position. But I, I just want to say that uh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't even know what that is. I just I just think it's a it's a it's an old art. It's an old thing. Steve, I, obviously, you have something you want to say on it and then we can move on because no one cares. Oh, yeah. Like, well, people do care. And I just find it amazing um refreshing even that people still have the capacity to get mad at anything rosie demano has to say um you know she's been around for a long time i saw some people defending her as you know you don't have to agree with her but you do have to respect her and how about this no i don't she's legitimately a bad writer i don't give a shit about anything she has to say no one does she wrote an article that on twitter got 23 retweets 88 likes and 2141 quote tweets she could have wrote an article promoting cannibalism that would have been more popular than that. Dude, hang them up. Put the pen away. No more keyboard for you. Brutal. You stink. <laughs> look at look at the replies from Omar. This is truly and unbelievably wrong. Dom decision just says shut up. <laughs> and it got 2,000 likes. Dude, the opinion stop. that I'm most interested in uh, finding out about is Chris Johnston's because that's a coworker of hers. And I'm interested in seeing how, how an article like this gets the thumbs up. Does Rosie DeMano get like carte blanche? Hey, you want to write something? We just publish it no matter what. Or is and he, the can the editorial staff look at this and in the future, they probably should and say, Hey, we're pro hmm. we're not going to publish this because this isn't it. This isn't the direction we should go as a paper. Well, see, he works there. CJ has, so he agrees. <laughs> CJ disagrees with the article, and well, he's clearly. gonna he's gonna talk about it today on the CJ show, and I haven't had the opportunity to hear it yet. But I want to know if like well, if that's if that's the if that's how it goes with writing articles at Star so Sports. So it's it's interesting that you bring that up, Jesse, because I think there is an important distinction that CJ may or may not make, and maybe this isn't my place to make it. But he, technically speaking, is Chris Johnson, whose work appears. In the mm -hmm. Toronto Star. He's not Chris Johnson of the Toronto Star. Yeah. Difference, right? So he wouldn't be in that newsroom. And by the way, it's been COVID, so it's not like anybody's been in any newsroom lately. It's all on, on Zoom. That's fair. But I would say that that he may not know the answer to that because <laughs> it's he's he's the artist formerly known as Prince, right? He's not uh he's not necessarily in um in Prince's band. So I'm not really sure if I'm I'm not sure what he's gonna say, yeah. but I know 
he'll probably go after the take because it's the dumbest take. But I've, <laughs> here's the thing. I remember this, this, this opinion coming up right after Nagano. Uh, yes. And it's funny because, you know, Canadian women absolutely dominated Nagano and then lost a heartbreaker uh, in the final. It was such a bummer. Such The Nagano games for Team Canada were a bummer because, uh, like, we lose in a shootout to Dominic Hasek, who was unbelievable on the men's side, so and good. then just didn't even show up for the bronze medal game. Like, just didn't even care. Um, and then the on the women's side, that team was so unbelievably good and special, and they just didn't have it in the in the finals. It just happens, right? The American team was amazing and had a whole bunch of stars on it. And I think it it's just it's just what happens. And so after that, you saw some drops of that argument coming in where you really started to see it with Salt Lake mm -hmm. when both men and women uh completely just, you know, it let knife through butter in that tournament. And you know, I I I think it's an old trope. It's lazy. And I think that Rosie uh, Rosie loved every one of your quote tweets, by the way. She loved every one of your replies. She loved every hit that you gave that website. And here's what I want to suggest. Steve Steve nailed it. Who cares what Rosie DeMano has to say? I'm shocked that people still care. That's what I meant by who cares. It's Rosie DeMano. But I, I think I want to use the hashtag who cares. It's Rosie DeMano almost because it's like <laughs> it's, it's a bit too long. Don't don't. Yeah. OK, maybe we can work on it with the social media team that we have. But my thinking is, every time you quote tweet this and say, this is repulsive or this is stupid or whatever, I get the outrage, but you're also sharing it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I, yeah. I and, and like, and you're outraging more people. And I don't know, I like, she's, it's Rosie DeMono. Like, she's not on your team. And she, does the, do these opinions need to go away? Yes. Um, but she is a, her whole thing is she likes to be a, prov a provocateur. She likes to, say shit that just pisses people off. It's not like she actually, I don't know if she believes anything that she writes. Right. I think it's just more like, I feel like causing shit today. We have other journalists in the city that do that. Are we hypocrites by starting a podcast with our article? Because then her article worked. Uh, I, certainly. Certainly. But I feel like it was a big enough article that we sort of had to cover it. Big enough thing on Twitter. I'm going to quote tweet yeah, it. You're, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's a subscription-based newspaper. Yeah. This this doesn't do anything for them. Is anyone like, oh, I'm gonna sign up so I can hate read this shit? No. <laughs> I don't know, man. I signed up for um, the Star once and hate read a Dave Festchuk article, and then tried to because I was trying to use it for the show, and then I tried to cancel my subscription. Of like, sorry, sir, you've already paid for the entire year. I'm like, I want it canceled. They're like, okay, but you'll still be able to use it for the entire year. <laughs> so, yeah, well, thanks. And now I have a subscription again. But it was, yeah, I think some people might, but very few, very Here, few. I. I I just want to read an excerpt, if I can. Yeah. Oh, tr trust me on this. Yeah. Uh, athletes and their coaching tutors often speak about striving for a personal best. Usually, this is an indication that they can't beat anyone else. But sometimes, infrequently, it means the competitor is in a league of his or her own. This can be viewed as a remarkable achievement or with no one around to offer the, a challenge as a pretty lousy, uh, as pretty lousy entertainment. Oh, guys, I made a mistake. This is Rosie DeMano from April 6th, 1997, um, <laughs> writing about uh, women's hockey. And the title is Women's Hockey Isn't Ready for Primetime Just Yet. <sighs> you want to talk about lazy? She's had the exact same thought in her head for 23 years, 25 years. Shut up. It's lazy.
It's lazy. The anyway. number one song on the Billboard when she wrote that was "Can't Nobody Hold Me Down" by Puff Daddy. And nobody He's did. changed his name three times since she came up with that. Nobody. Wannabe by Spice Girls was before that. Shut up, Jesse. You stink. Mbop the... by Hanson is on there. Nineteen ninety-seven. Get a new shtick. What else you got on the Ooh. Billboard charts? <laughs> I can do it. Is Mambo number five there? Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Oh, big tune. Good song. Ooh. Big tune. It's your no, right in the chest. No, Mambo number five was... Was that, was that 99? Later. Is that later? Anyway, it so. doesn't Mo, matter. More Money, More Problems by uh, Notorious B.I.G. The, the problem here, guys, is that, uh, you know, we, 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 say, we sit back and we say, who cares what Rosie D'Amato thinks? There are plenty of people, whether or not you care about what Rosie D'Amato thinks, there's plenty of people who feel attacked by this because hmm. it's a journalist... And a, a, a storied publication in this country. And we're talking about our national sport. Sorry, lacrosse, but you're not. You're talking about our national sport. You're talking about women who are fighting for recognition. And who cares if Rosie DeMano is a woman or a man? When the Toronto Star publishes an article like that, people are going to go nuts. What I don't like about it is that they knew that. I knew, like, they knew that Rosie was going to cause a bunch of shit. Rosie knew she was going to cause a bunch of shit. And my question is, for what? What do we gain from this? Does this add to the discourse? Like, listen, if you don't like women's hockey in the Olympics, here's a suggestion. Write an article on what Germany did with their program 20 years ago to improve things. How about instead of women's hockey doesn't belong in the Olympics, here's how to improve your hockey program and then do some real journalism, call them, do some interviews and say, hey, you guys are really picking up steam and you're not getting walked every tournament like you used to. How did you do that? That's real journalism. Uh -huh. eh. The that, women's game this tournament that. has actually been a little compelling for me because uh, I didn't expect much from the Chinese team and they knocked off Sweden the other night, two nights ago, in a great game. And I was like, look at these talented women play. Yes. Ah, yes. It's been great hockey. So and it's a shame somebody would go out and write an article like this. And the PWHBA responded in indirectly to the article with a, a tweet that said, with yesterday's take on women's hockey in the Olympics driving traffic to negative women's hockey coverage, we propose a thread of great takes instead. Let's give the women hockey media some love and drop your favorite article here. So they have a whole thread there of just great women's hockey articles and writers and people writing about the sport. And that's how you combat stuff like this. that is you come perfect. back with positivity. We said at the beginning of the show, Steve is not positive, but here's some positive. <laughs> here's some, a positive take on this. And I think the PWHP nailed it. it by just promoting more great women's hockey content. Yeah. That's how you, you got to keep I, combating this. I, I feel like today's generation has better words for things like this because we might say, oh, she's a devil's advocate or she's a contrarian. No, no. She's an edgelord. Shut yeah. up. Oh, yeah. It's like you've made your... Shut up, this edgelord. Is the, this is the thing. That's why... Go go look up... Like, they've done research study into contrarian contrarianism. And they've done a, a bunch of them. And, and it's such no, a... No, they late... haven't. <laughs> it's so exactly it's so lazy yeah. there's so many people in sports getting by on just being contrarians rather than hey here's another idea i just gave rosie damano a perfect article that she could have written going you know what more women's hockey programs need to be like team germany okay tell me how i might i might actually read that and and, and that's this is the thing so if you felt attacked by it i get it it's the toronto star it's a, it's a newspaper that 
I don't care where you stand politically, like the Globe, like the National Post, like even the Toronto Sun, storied and deserving of some respect just based on the fact that they've been around forever, writing an article like this. I would expect it in a tabloid. I would expect it on a regressive online blog. I don't expect that from the Toronto Star. And frankly, Rosie, man, you got to do some work. I know you're nearing the end of your career, but this is this is lazy mail it in uh, bullshit why start now why why start oh, now oh my god it's just painful anyway enough Ooh, of this tomato <laughs> enough of this Ooh, let's tomato, talk about suck. there's lots to talk about um i did mention the all-star game and one of the things that we had to talk about on friday was uh the rocky words press conference where steve uh i think of anything i've got, ever seen you know steve what? do of anything i've ever seen steve do um you know, people people categorize Steve's levels of angry. And, you know, there's there's angry because the Leafs blew a lead. And then there's there's a different like there's then there's a next level of angry. I don't know why they call it fake angry. I know you're always angry when the Leafs blow a lead, but we've never seen angry with that sort of I don't know. I don't Can know. Can I to do call my it. impression of our hockey? Because sure. your your yelling rant about words was spread over on uh, our hockey uh, Reddit. Reddit. I saw it, yeah. which is, this a, is this a mixed is the, bag. This is my impression of half of the comments. You know, I usually hate Steve when he's yelling and he's fake yelling about <laughs> hockey. But, you know, I like this one. <laughs> See, I, <laughs> I read not it as, fake, by the way. Know, yeah. I, I, you know, I usually don't like Steve's takes on hockey. And also he's fat. But on this one, <laughs> I think he got it. <laughs> Damn, Steve Dangle eating good as fuck. That, that was my favorite one. And I got news for you. Yes, I am. Every comment started with like three to two, two to three insults. Yeah. And then ended with, you know what? He's really right on this and I admire his passion. Well, like, <laughs> and well, and also that because of the type of anger that I displayed during the Rocky Wirtz rant, that all my other anger is fake. Right. I feel like it's completely human and normal to have a different type of anger to my team blue lead versus um, the owner of the Chicago Blackhawks is a remorseless bully and coward and a monster. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't, isn't that, I don't know. I don't know. Can I just, I'm going to, I'm going to quote a great song. There's levels to this shit. Yeah. There's yeah. different levels yes. to anger yes. and yelling. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on, people. Yeah. So yeah. listen, I don't know. You know, I, I can tell you this from sitting beside Steve for more than a decade or almost a decade here, but also like my, more than a decade as his friend. When he's yelling about the Leafs, that's not fake yelling. I don't know what you guys are fucking talking about, but it sure <laughs> as hell not. is not fake. And it's uncomfortable to sit next to. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes. Third game of the season, they blew a game. They blew a game to the Chicago Blackhawks, and Steve yeah, threw his phone across the room at my cottage, and we're like, "Steve, it's game three. and he's like, "But <laughs> it's always the Blackhawks, too. <laughs> it's always the Blackhawks. Listen, in several years, it's always a carnival. So, so Man. obviously, you know, the response to that was interesting. But one of the things that we talked about before the show is, he said, you know, before we get into this, let's acknowledge the fact that Gary Bettman is going to have a press conference about three hours after this finishes recording." We could be completely out of date by the time this is done. By the time this is posted, by the time you're hearing this, we could be wrong. Rocky Wirtz could be suspended. The NHL could do something. And boy, were we not wrong. We were yep. right on the money. Because we said, we don't think they will. 
We don't think they're going to do anything. We think they're just going to let it pass into the night. But if we are, fine. What and a we- boring, shallow person. Like just... <laughs> what do you he's mean? boring and shallow. He, When Gary Bettman walks in the room, the Toy Story theme should play with his pull-string-ass answers. We know what he's going to say. He's, he, oh, yeah, don't worry. No punishment for Rocky words. It was a moment of anger. We could have written it. Can we? Maybe uh, he read off a script that we sent in. Can we read the quote? Go for it. Do you have it or do you want me to read it? I got it in front of me. If you okay. Want. I got it. I think I've got it here, but you go ahead. All right. This was uh, Gary Bettman on Friday during his press conference. Here. He says... Jesse, you go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to be part of it. <laughs> I miss you guys. I miss you too, buddy. Oh, anyway, God. sorry, Adam, go ahead. I wish you were here. I wish you were here. Bettman says, I think what yeah. has happened with that franchise because of Kyle Beach and with Kyle Beach, for which we all agree was horrible, and they acknowledge as well. Don't we all agree? Don't we all acknowledge and agree? We all We, we all, all, all of us. Us and you and our us. And them. And them, but us. We all acknowledge. Batman continues. I think this has been very emotional and frustrating and draining for the Blackhawks and Rocky in particular. And I think as they're trying to focus on the things they need to do organizationally to move forward, I think it was an emotional moment which Rocky promptly, on his own, apologized for. They're doing all the things to move forward They're doing the work that people who belong to be gone are gone. New people have been brought in. There's training. They're doing things above and beyond what we're doing at the league level. They're putting in a wellness department. They had answers for everything. I think this was just, you know, all of us at one time or another have a moment. And this was a moment. And let me just ask you, Steve. It was emotional and frustrating and draining for black for the Blackhawks and Rocky, who's the victim here, Steve? Uh poor Rocky. <laughs> it's, no, poor. It's poor Rocky. You know, Gary nailed it as always. You know, emotionally, especially as he tends to do, just nailed it. He really gets the human element. That guy. God, I I just I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I find him boring, shallow, disinteresting. The the victim is Kyle Beach. The survivor is Kyle Beach, by the way. I wanted Sorry, to fix that fair one enough. thing yeah, yeah, from last yeah. show. Yep. Uh, uh, survivor is is John Doe too, um, th- because of Kyle Beach. God, Gary, fucking get a post-it note, bud. Get a post-it note and prepare for these things. If you check the underside of Gary's shoe, um, it says Rocky, but the R is backwards. He's 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 just the Woody pullstring dummy. And it wasn't a moment of anger. Stop treating hockey fans like they're stupid, like you always do, Gary. He's happy to take stupid people's money is what I learned. He thinks we're all stupid. A moment of anger. He has not spoken publicly, Gary. Mm -hmm. The General Block Report came out at the end of October. There was a prepared statement on camera in which Rocky barely spoke. They scheduled a town hall for the Blackhawks, the team that he owns, and they're speaking on the subject for the first time, he had time to prepare, months and weeks to prepare, and he still lashed out in anger on a subject he was not even asked about. He's a remorseless hunk of shit. But as long as he's signing your paycheck, he's A-OK. Well, and he is, the Wirtz family, I think, uh, uh, you know, obviously, 
the show for Friday, if you haven't caught it, I would highly suggest you pick it up because it's really, really good. Um, and I think you need to hear Steve's take on it. Uh, I also think another show you need to hear a, a take on it is is the the nuts and bolts business wise of it. I thought Elliot and Jeff on Thirty Two Thoughts did a spectacular job. And you know, one of the things bleak, that, bleak, it, it, bleak. Now, one of the things that they talked about, and this is where it, what got me, is first off, they talk about the Wurtz family in hockey, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit. But the Wurtzes have owned this team for like ninety years. Yeah, By I, the brought, way, I brought this up. You know, yeah. sorry. So then, yeah, we were no, we were going through the Wurtz Corporation, yeah, yeah. right? And like, then, what? Remember they so they by the way as an aside their dad sold the Bulls the year they drafted Michael Jordan. Ooh. <laughs> oh, <that's bad>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good. <laughs> you know what's got a future? It's this hockey game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I I love it. So so let me just say this too. Um the 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 thing that killed me when I was when I was listening to this is essentially like Steve you nailed it. He has not spoken publicly. So to me it says this is how he thinks. Yeah, and then this just—that's just his viewpoint. We're not going to talk about it. We don't. That's how he feels. Then Elliot talks about how he he questioned. He talked to somebody in his you know business that he knows. He said, "What happens in a boardroom when that happens?" He said, "It's almost impossible for Danny Wirtz and the other person who was there who was new, and I forget her name." Jamie Faulkner. There it is. Jamie Faulkner. It's almost impossible for them to recover in a business sense from that. Because anybody that sees that, which is, by the way, not just the boardroom of eight people, it's everybody in the NHL who's remotely a fan. Everybody saw Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. How is anybody going to take you seriously when they know this is the guy? And Steve, I thought you brought up another good point. If Rocky's going to react that way, how can anyone tell him anything? How can you even have a conversation with this man? The Wurtz His own family. Son. Well, His yeah, own and, son. and and the Wurtz great. I guess it's Rocky's grandfather, who was like the original owner, was essentially Arthur. the commissioner in all but name for years mm-hmm. in in the NHL, and he was the one that called the shots. The Blackhawks are on the eight team executive committee. There's 32 teams in the league, and then Why there's doesn't anything change, or is it 10 teams? 10 team executive doesn't matter. They're on it. The Wurtzes are, are embedded in this. So if you're asking why the NHL is not doing anything about it, what's Gary Bettman going to do? Suspend his boss? The, yeah, the no. most like transparent thing about Bettman's statement was that he couldn't even say, hey, an employee of the NHL, an owner of a team berating a media member isn't a good thing. Like He couldn't even say that the interaction that happened was bad, that it wasn't ideal. Like, he couldn't even go that far just because he's so scared of these people who write his paycheck. Mm-hmm. I would have I would have just liked him to say, hey, Mark Mark Lazarus getting yelled at wasn't a good thing. But no one has said that. He couldn't say that. No one has said that. He no. couldn't muster those words. Yeah, but, you know, Gary's early in his career and, you know, <laughs> he hasn't made a lot of money. And it's easy for you guys, but, like, you're going to blow up his, his paycheck. He's just he's he's uh, he's an he's an empty husk. Like I really, I don't respect him. I don't like him. I wish I I'm longing for the day we can stop talking about him. Uh, what a nightmare uh, for this league to endure. But for for Rocky Wirtz, we're essentially expecting him to do the right thing and step down. And what we know is Rocky Wirtz will not do the right thing. Yeah. So yeah. Well, good luck, Blackhawks fans. Good luck. Well, and and um, so, so you're the people that are saying the Blackhawks are doing all the right work are there are two sources giving us that the Blackhawks <laughs> are doing all the work. There's the Blackhawks uh-huh. who say we're doing all the work, and then there's Gary Bettman, partially thirty second employed 
by the Blackhawks, <laughs> who also says they're doing the right thing. Yeah. I don't think the credibility is there. I, I just don't. Well, now, something else broke yesterday. Yes. Which, uh, so here's the bad news. So in 2014, sorry, let me back up. Uh, the day Kyle Beach's interview with Rick West had aired, there was an allegation made to the Chicago Blackhawks of an incident involving an athletic trainer, um, an incident uh, of sexual harassment with an athletic trainer from 2014. The Blackhawks immediately did an investigation and this trainer was fired within the week. Right. The bad news is that it happened. The good news is that that's how it was handled. They were told something. They investigated it properly and there were repercussions for the actions of the offender, mm-hmm. which is what should have happened in 2010. Yes, it, it didn't, but it did this time. Now I'm going to chalk that up to Danny Wirtz, and there is a tendency in sports to, uh, you, you know, the old, uh, Dubas and Hunter thing, all the Leafs, good moves are Dubas and all the bad ones are Hunter, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is, that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a mixed bag. I'm very confident saying this was Danny. This is, this is Danny or someone under Danny. Um, this is someone, uh, within the organization who's of the new garden has a brain, um, and this isn't about ageism. I, I saw some people say that, sorry, it's Rocky Wirtz is not a monster because he's old. Um, he's, he's a monster because of how he behaves His and treats people. Yes. <laughs> um, so I don't know. The, the good news is that appears to have been dealt with properly. So I, I want to say, Finally. Uh, yes. And that's, that's great, but let's not forget that it's bare minimum. And I also... Yep. You know, that's how it should be done. We're bringing the Blackhawks up to standard. Now, everybody talked about uh, Rocky Wirtz, and I want to talk about this a little bit because I think it's an important distinction. Rocky Wirtz was considered a maverick. He was taking over for, I believe, it was Arthur, his father. Bill. It was Bill. Oh, it was Bill. Arthur was the first. Then it was Bill. Yeah. So Bill Wirtz, notorious, and I'm just going to give you one example, and I keep bringing this up. Blackhawks local games were not even allowed until 2007 on television because Bill Wirtz, brain brain fart that he was, thought that'll affect gate. No one will come. Well, guess what? There were about 10,000 people a night going to Blackhawks games at that point. It was not good. Team had been shit for a long time. So they bring in Rocky once Bill dies. And Rocky gets labeled as a maverick. One of the things he does is he he brings local games to Chicago Blackhawks fans. They also bring in intelligent coaching staff, intelligent uh, intelligent hockey people, great scouts. They find Taze and Kane and Keith and Seabrook and Cor- uh, uh, Antti Niemi, I guess, at first, and then Corey Crawford. Yep. And you yep. know, The most impressive thing he did was have the best modern-day dynasty in the NHL in the last 40-ish years. A thousand percent. Years. A yeah. thousand percent. Now, and I also think they hit lucky on a couple of draft picks, which yeah. is what you need to do. But Fair. they won. But I don't look at that and see Maverick. I look at that and see guy who caught his team up with the rest of the league. Hmm. That's what I see. And they were already shit, so they had some good draft picks. Like look I, at them improved by leaps and bounds. Well, yeah, no, he he he, he took them literally. That sh- he took them from the worst run organization in the league to, I mean, based <laughs> on 
based on their Stanley Cups, very well run. Mm -hmm. But they also had a ton of high draft picks because they were a shit team. Right. And then secondly, which is what teams intentionally tank for now. So they can be a shit team so they can get a high draft pick. And then secondly, it's like, oh, you put local games on TV. God, you're smart. You mean what the thing that all the other 30 teams are doing? So this is this whole thing about what happened. This is a lot of what I'm hearing is what happened to Rocky Wirtz? He used to be so ahead of the curve. No, he didn't. He just no. wanted the team to be in the middle of the pack of everybody else. He did like normal stuff. Normal that teams stuff. Do. Yeah. <laughs> and he hired, he, he admittedly, the scouting, the GMing, uh, the president, the coach, all that, no question. Mm -hmm. But just on the hockey side, but the story like we're you're giving him credit for that. But the stories out of all of those people that you just named was that there was so much infighting within the Blackhawks through all of those dynasty yes. years. Yeah. But they kept winning, so they had to stay together. Quenville hated everybody above him. <laughs> you know, like that yeah. was just the rumors for ten years. Oh, and it, Stan Bowman hated Jay, Joel Quenville. Stan and Bowman, hated John McDonough. And yeah! John McDonough hated them both. Those guys couldn't get along. Yeah. It's like Larry Curley and Moe winning they, three Stanley Cups in six years. They won, but, but in spite of yes, yes. Yeah, but in terms of like hockey minds, you got to give them credit for building around a first and third overall pick. I mean, no other team would have done that. Oh, <laughs> how did they do it? Who knew, who's to know? And getting great. How did they do it? Uh, the way guys. most teams did it, they were bad and then got good. Yeah, like, and you get lucked out by I don't like, know a Corey Crawford season, and you signed Marion yeah. Hosa at the right time. Yeah. You signed Marty Havlat and then let him go. Unfortunately, at the to right a twelve-year deal. Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, it's just and nuts. let guys like Panarin go. Yeah, you have but two, two contracts conflict. that are no longer legal. Yeah. And it's like, I yeah, but how do, how do they keep doing it? They had high draft picks. They spent some money and they got good hockey people in. Fair. But like it wasn't, that's what every team's trying to do. Right. Like, do does anything. anybody call Larry, does anyone say Larry Tannenbaum is a fucking genius because he hired good people for the Leafs? No, Larry, that's Larry's job. Also, I don't know if Larry Tanbaugh hires people. Does, well, I'm sure he's he run, a, several, of, several rungs above hiring people. You're probably right. Yeah. But, is it, but you know what I'm saying? It's an owner. <laughs> Larry, that's what I'm saying. Owner <laughs> does not get credit for that. All right. Right? Yeah, he yeah. had... I'm confident saying he had nothing to do with any of that shit. <laughs> who? who <laughs> Larry? Larry yeah. We're no, gonna... no, no. Rocky. Oh, oh Rocky. I think Larry's involved. I think Larry's more involved than you Larry think. I don't think Larry Tannenbaum uh, drafted Austin Matthews. No. I no, think that was just... But, he, <laughs> but what I'm saying is Larry I'm glad he Tannenbaum... took the consensus first overall pick, though, with the first <laughs> overall pick. That was brilliant. I like that. Larry Tannenbaum brought in Tim Laiwiki, and then they brought in Brendan sure. Shanahan. Fine. Sure. So that's yeah. great. But it's not like anybody looks at Larry and goes, wow, what a maverick. Amazing. Right. Look at the work he's you're done. You're trade-treeing his right. role and, in the assignment And what I'm trying to people. say is Rocky Wirtz <laughs> does not deserve the maverick title at any point because he was just bring They were so bad. How could he not look good? Mm-hmm. It's like when you get zero out of 30 on a math test and the next one you pass by one. Hey, Hell hey, of an improvement. Hey. But you're still middle of the pack. That's... Hey... You're telling know. real stories Sorry, about me I, I, now. I didn't mean to come at you like that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway, anyway. I tried. So listen, uh, I, I think it, very clearly we knew Rocky Wirtz was going to be let off because he's Gary Bettman's boss. And imagine, imagine Gary having to call Rocky and go, Rocky, we're going to have to suspend you. No. That's going to no be a fun is call. the answer. You would tell him no. It's a fun call. You're not suspending me. And then Gary would say, okay. That's it. Steve, you okay? What's the point? What's the point of a commissioner? Oh, this is this is exactly the point of the commissioner. So we're mad at the commissioner, not the Blackhawks. This is it. You got it. Yeah. Don't 
don't don't lose uh, don't lose sight. The, Rocky Wirtz we're mad at. Now Gary the, Bettman's just he, he's just know. a guy. Um, he's Rocky Wirtz is lap dog. Okay, so here's the other thing. There's a mm-hmm. few other things that came. This this press conference is an all timer for Gary Bettman because it's going to take up the majority of the show. Let's start with let's go to the next one. The Coyotes What's won't. What's the next thing that made me mad? The Coyotes <laughs> won't lose more money by moving to a five thousand seat arena. <laughs> is Gary, that, is that what he actually said? said? That with a straight face. Uh, so let me let me just read this. Yeah. In fact, in one projection we've done, we think it may be better. Okay. How? So he didn't say, but he said in one projection they did. And he said, my guess just is once, that- <laughs> just once I want to see him bounce up to the podium like the Pixar lamp. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Adam. Um, uh, in describing the Coyotes plight to find a home, and this is an article from Sportsnet. Uh, it is written by Luke Fox, who is an amazing, amazing writer. We love him. Uh, he said, uh, he said, uh, in describing the Coyotes plight to find a home. Batman also called out the Phoenix Suns for being unwilling to temporarily share the footprint center. Quote, mm-hmm. my guess would be that they prefer the hockey team leave town, but there are plenty of hockey fans there. Yes, despite your best efforts, guys. There are. And as Steve said, there'll be no place for them to sit. Spinning it to a positive, Batman stuck to his guns, as always, and reiterated his belief that the NHL can thrive in the Phoenix market, reminding us that it's the city that birthed Austin, Massey, Austin, excuse me, Austin Matthews and actually sees positives in that Coyote's indefinite downsize. He said, I think they can create a terrific experience for all people. It's so crazy how in a city with two NHL-ready and compatible arenas, neither of them want to host the Coyotes. Where they are right now in Gila River Arena, that's how you say it correctly, and where the Suns play, both of those are... State-of-the-art, world-class facilities, and neither of them want the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Why? Because they know, don't pay their bills? <laughs> yeah. could, CJ, it be, could it be because they don't pay their fucking bills? I don't know. C- CJ's the first person I've heard speak about this situation to actually get me like excited about the potential future of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, you know, they're, the building that they're making in Tempe, you know, Tim Tempe, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, know, the all... third NHL caliber arena that they have yes. to build in Phoenix has a ton or, of potential, sorry, but like, but they haven't got like, that approved yet. <laughs> but imagine just like you said, with a straight face pitching. No, five thousand is a good thing, and it's not five thousand as you mentioned, Jesse, mm-hmm. because they're not allowed to use the locker rooms, so they got to take out a bunch of seats to build new ones. Not a team. CJ they made the argument that it'd be like an attraction for a couple of years. Like it will. The, it'll be a it'll be a circus. Yeah, it'll be like a cool thing to see, and it I might w- be interesting. I want to go. Yeah, I want to go. So there's appeal in that sense. Because I mean, when are you ever going to see a, ho- a hockey game with 3,200 people? Oh wait, a Marley's game on a Wednesday night. Oshawa, like what the f- like, bro, <laughs> no, down the street NHL from me. Players. Like a Marley's game on a uh, no, oh, with half a preseason preseason game. That's preseason not, game. That's in, not in the same thing. The Isla- yeah, Islanders right, played a preseason right. game against the Sabres in Oshawa. They did? It's not the same thing. It is the not Ocon the same was there. You're right. It's, it's not the same. It's the exact same. The Coyotes are worse. So. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll embrace the arena if they have all the goofy shit on the ice that they do in the threes arenas in Shell. Stop it, Steve. Well, because those stands are about 3,200 if you look at them. Like, they're small. 
I I think Jesse's got a point, but the the team for it to be for this show to work and to make it an intimate fun environment like seeing one of your favorite bands but in an intimate club. Um I think I think they're going to have to be good. Oh. Well, don't you? Good, good thing they have no players signed next year and the ones they do have they're trying to trade. Well, maybe th- maybe that's a good thing, but they are going to have to be good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. that's the one X factor here. They're going to have to fight for a playoff spot. You're going to have to at least give me Eighth or ninth place in the conference? Can you give me that? Oh, well. If you can give me that, then I like. Then I think it'll work. That's a big ask. The you know what I don't like is a couple times recently, like uh, when I was going off on the Montreal Canadiens, who I have repeatedly said are a one-off in terms of how bad they are. Uh, people brought up the sixteen seventeen Colorado Avalanche, and I, I got news for a lot of the bad teams out there. You're unbelievably uncomparable to the 1617 Colorado Avalanche, who already had Nathan McKinnon, who had a career worst year, allowing him to sign one of the best contracts in the National Nick Hockey League. Nick Suzuki, Steve. Yeah, K- Gabriel Landeskog, uh, Miko Rantanen was already in their prospect pool. Who the fuck? Who do you think you are? No, you're not them. And and now we're gonna throw the Coyotes into that. No, no, you're you have a negative 70 goal differential and who waiting in the wings? Who? And aside who on, waiting in the wings? I, 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 you're asking me the Coyotes goaltender depth. I'm I'm out of my depth on this one. No one. No one. Now they're going to draft someone if they win the lottery this year. If they win the lottery next year, they could potentially get Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. Cool. Or they could get two fourth overall picks, which is going to start your road to recovery. These guys aren't a hop, skip, and a jump away from being decent. They suck. Who's their other first round pick? Uh, let me see. Uh, they have their own. First, oh, they got three. Uh, so they got theirs, Colorado's. Beg your pardon. Uh, and Montreal's. Whoa. But it's a, con- it, it's yeah, a conditional pick. It's top, ah, top five. The better. Uh, the better of Montreal or Carolina's 2022 first. So Carolina's. Yeah. So that's actually not good because for the Coyotes, it'll be theirs, which will be a very high pick, likely in the top four or five. Um, Colorado, who's probably going to be one of the last picks of the first round. And Carolina, who's going to be one of the last picks of the first round. Followed by five seconds and Listen, friggin just take And that your, doesn't mean that you can't guess. pick stars in the second and third round. We know. Yeah. But let's True. be honest, it's just harder. Well, who <laughs> are they gonna pick team... them with? Scouts? They yeah, they'd who have works to have scouts. They'd have to have scouts. Where are the scouts gonna sit? <laughs> Man, <laughs> you know, yo, you know when a t- when a player comes to town and they get like a hundred tickets for their family? When Austin Matthews does that, is that gonna sell out the arena? <laughs> yes! Yes! There's going to be, like, Like, I want to see CJ go to a game in Arizona and interview a family who accidentally threw a birthday at a Coyotes game. Yeah. Like, they just, (laughs) they needed a place with enough places to sit, and they didn't know that a game was going on They gave them the premium box seats? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, you get to, like, get served by the owner who then berates you because that's how he treats people. I think, like, um, it's, dude, it's terrible. Bettman might actually have a point here when he says the Coyotes... There was a pro- one projection, one projection 
that said they would do better. And I think the reason they'll do better is because they won't lose as much money. That's right. No, that's like he's objectively, he's probably right. 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 They will not lose as much. Therefore, it won't be as bad because it costs more to run a bigger building. I feel like I'm That's stomping crazy. on literally insurance. I feel like I'm stomping on Homer Simpson's foot under the table. Like Gary, <laughs> what does that tell you then? <laughs> Holy smokes, guys! What a what a brain surgeon! Just oh, Coyotes fans, I hope it works out. Oh, I do I too. Hope it works out. I do too. I and aside they deserve better. on that 16-17 season that you brought up there, Steve. Uh, you mentioned yes. Nathan McKinnon's awful season, and then yeah. the next year he exploded. If you ever need a reason, another excuse to like talk to someone or like check out therapy, Nathan McKinnon credits that turnaround in that offseason to a sports psychologist. He, oh. he struggled all year, and then that summer he rededicated himself in every aspect of his game, including uh, going to sports psychology, and instantly he is now Nathan McKinnon. So there's another excuse uh, from Nathan McKinnon and his journey. Uh, go talk to someone if you need it. So yeah, and and also on top of all those players they had, all you got to do is rip off two teams in a three-way deal, like Nashville and Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Underrated so, part of that rebuild. So for it to be a proper Gary Bettman press conference, you must have three things. You must, one, gaslight the fans. Mm -hmm. You must, two, talk mm -hmm. about how the Coyotes are viable, therefore gaslighting the fans. And number three, you have to throw shade at Canada. Those are that is the Gary Bettman hat yeah. trick. This made me so mad. And this made me so mad. And guys, we got it, baby. This 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 All Star Game uh, press conference for Gary was an absolute all timer. And I'm telling you, that's the rule of a good Gary Bet Bettman uh, 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 press conference. Or all the things I just told you. So every every Gary Bettman press conference from now on, you be looking. So a, a good Gary Bettman press conference is a canceled one. Go I away. hope. I hope because we're we're talking. We're just to be full like full disclosure. The SDPN itself and the three of us are talking about what can we do in the draft to do some sort of fun event. Montreal is five hours away by you know driving. We would like to do something. We don't know what that is yet. Gary, thank God we didn't make any plans because Gary is saying, "Listen, it's been extraordinarily painful to see the Montreal Canadiens play in an empty building, particularly as I understand it." as people are going to restaurants and bars. This is very frustrating for everybody. In that in that regard, I can sort of understand it. No, no, 20,000 people versus three people at a dinner table is kind of different. Right, exactly. <laughs> and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said they might go virtual again. They'd likely go virtual again. And Bettman interjected. Yeah. Sarcastically. I wish I could play the like audio. Child. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> and Bettman interjected because he doesn't have a what sarcastic a sense of humor. And he says, like, no, I think we might go somewhere else. This is how troublesome and devastating it is for the clubs. Now, obviously, we know that they are losing money. And yes, listen, are the health restrictions up for debate in this country? Certainly they are. Certainly there hasn't been perfection in any province, in any region when it comes to this. However, Gary Bettman threatening the most storied franchise and the most storied fan base just shows you how little he cares. He if doesn't the want our thing, money. If the same thing were happening two hours south in New York with the Rangers, that would not be a comment he would make. He'd, he'd lick that boot till he found the gumball. <laughs> if it was New York. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's the most storied franchise in the NHL. And he's like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to go home. Uh -huh. He's also Quebec threatening government. the Quebec government. 
Like, right. Because they're the ones who are going to put in the restrictions if there's going to be by the summertime. Like, he, that's who his threat is aimed at, is is the Canadian government and the Quebec government to try and get them to ease restrictions for the draft. Like, it's such a shot, and it was unnecessary. Because as you said there, he interrupts Bill Daly to get this in, to make Snide. sure that everybody knows we might move it. If things aren't fixed by my standards. And if I was Francois go, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. It, snide. Snide, sarcastic, petulant, and childish yeah. for a man in his 70s or whatever. And all of those things he's been before. If I was Francois go, I would say, okay, Gary, I'm not letting anybody into Montreal Canadiens games until you give me a franchise in Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> well, that won't happen. But that it, would, happen. it would win him the next election. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> Sentence like that. I don't know about that. I think people, I think people in Canada are a little bit tired of this, mm-hmm. and I think people in Quebec are especially tired of this. We are tired of being the engine of popularity in this sport in a like a big chunk of it. Let's be honest. Canada is and and helped grow this game. Now I realize elsewhere I don't want to insult everybody else. Please don't take it as an insult. But when I see when I go to the states, what I see is football. College football, basketball, college basketball, baseball, all these other things come before hockey. In Canada, it is hockey first. Mm -hmm. It still is. And we get this from the league. There's no sort of, listen, he he didn't say it with any sort of empathy. He didn't say it with any sort of, uh, listen, I'm sorry to the fans. We, you know, we have to do this in person. We may not be able to do it in Montreal. Yeah, no, we're jacked about this, Gary. It's not that... This is great. Yeah, it's not that, like... It's not like he he, he had any empathy for the fans that might lose out on this one. This is about Gary being petulant. And I I think it's an embarrassing comment. It's embarrassing uh, uh, that he would say that about the city of Montreal without any empathy. Because the point stands. If they can't have a full arena, yeah, I get it. You probably have to move it. But it's the delivery, and you're the commissioner. This is Canada, where this sport matters above everything else. Everything else. And that's how you're going to treat Canadian fans? That's wrong. And I, and we, I want we, American fans, by the way, don't get hung up on the whole point of Canada's the engine of fans or whatever. I'm not gatekeeping a, a, a hockey success. I'm fucking thrilled about how popular it is everywhere else. Gatekeep I'm just, nothing. I'm just it's, trying to put it in the fact. context. I'm trying to put Money. it in the context. Money. Gary, we keep the lights on. We put the clothes on your back, Gary. And all of a sudden, we're the enemy. All right, Adam, get out of here. Can you ask me if we're gonna? I'm gonna be Batman. Ask okay. me if we're gonna hold the draft in Montreal this year. Are we gonna hold the draft in Montreal this year? You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so everything is up in the air. As you know, things are constantly changing. But for the fans in Montreal, we're gonna put forth our best effort to try and hold the draft this summer in Montreal. But as you know, everything is up in the air. There's a respectful answer. That takes 10 seconds that you can just show some empathy to the fans and to the city of Montreal that you're just going to try. Just say that. Just say no, that. And then, like, it's so on. easy. And then, it's, it's in July. Right. He's being an asshole. He it's knows, literally. It's in way, July. He knows the restrictions are lifting. In Ontario, we're going to have full capacity arenas in four weeks. Yeah. Like, I don't know what his problem is. Yeah. I don't, be, I don't know what. He's being the, a dick. And when he ends, I believe it's stitched onto the end of this quote where he throws in that some Canadian teams have asked to play in other cities in other countries. Because there was the report earlier in the week about the Ottawa Senators mm-hmm. exploring the 
um, possibility of playing a game in the states. For They've the next been exploring weeks. that since before the pandemic. Yeah, but no, but Batman decided to throw that in on the end of this quote that you know. Also, we might move the draft, and some Canadian teams have been trying to play in America. They've been trying to move the what, Senators what for ten years. What state is LeBreton Flats in there, huge? Do your job. Just another shitty owner. Gary, you work for a bunch of winners. Like, <laughs> Jesus. See what Jesus. I mean? It's an all-timer. And let me just say one last time so I don't get any American fans on me. This isn't a shot at you. No, no, no. I'm just trying to put it into context of where this hockey stands in this country, what kind of an insult he is, he threw at Montreal Canadiens fans. And frankly, Canadians. I'm fucking, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know what? Montreal Canadiens might be the Toronto Maple Leafs' biggest rival. I actually think it's Boston right now. But they might be the biggest historic rival. Fucking, I was so mad on Montreal Canadiens fans' behalf. So mad seeing that. Outrageous, ridiculous, pointless. You don't need to do that. And that's where that's where I, I hate covering shit like Rosie DeMano's stupid article because clearly she's wrong. Let's talk about a real issue like the commissioner literally hate, doesn't like 30% of the league. If it was up to Batman, there'd be 31 the American franchises. Yes. And the, there'd be Toronto plus 31 but he's American franchises. How many billions from Rogers Media, Rogers Sports and Media right now, Steve works for them, before the like the before the ESPN and TNT deals, do you think they get there if Sportsnet doesn't pay an astronomical sum for those rights? No. Do you think yeah, they get anywhere on. close to that? They he's set the on. fucking market. What's that? He's moved on. He's got a new toy. I know. I know. It's just annoying. Like Sportsnet came in, Rogers came in, made a commitment, spent enormous money, and set the market for the next three four years. Yeah. The and TNT an American deals, company came in, and he immediately forgot. And that's that's just you can't. <laughs> 30% of your league's up here. A good chunk of your fans are up here. There's less of us. I get it. It's We're sparsely um, populated. We don't have as much money. I get it. Listen, your, your job, when did his job become, maybe I'm naive, when did his job become exclusively being a mouthpiece for the owners? Always. And when did his job stop being promoting the sport of hockey. The owners don't want him to do that, Steve. They want him to make the money. I, you promote the sport, the money comes. I love hockey. The only thing that keeps me watching hockey is when I turn it on. Everything else around it has been awful, Gary. I don't know if you've been paying attention. Do you see the mood? <sighs> like the, the energy that you suck out of the room? That you suck out of the discourse around the sports? No one likes you. Shut your gullet. He likes no it. one wants to hear it. I didn't watch a second of the All-Star game this weekend. And this is my friggin' gig. No one's watching it, Gary. It's supposed to be this fun, cool event. And you just... Just fart all over it. You fart all over everything. You ruin everything you touch. You make hockey less enjoyable, which means you make hockey less likely to profit and prosper, which I think means you're shit at your job. Well, if you look at, if, if you disagree with Steve, look at the changeover. Now, David Stern was a pretty good commissioner from, from all, all things in the NBA, but he had his mistakes and his blind spots. No question. Adam Silver has come in, had his mistakes, had his blind spots, but handled really major events, things that could have turned the tide on the NBA being, the NBA is literally a part of pop culture, uh -huh. right? 
The way he handled that Donald Sterling situation, the way he's handled other things like how they come dressed to the game, little things like that. Adam Silver is a likable enough commissioner. I know he works for the owners. He but I don't to people with respect. But when I t when I hear an Adam Silver, thank you. When I he exactly that. When I see an Adam Silver press conference, I stick around cuz I go, "You know what? I'm probably going to feel better about the NBA when I watch this." Yeah. Cuz he what does he do, Steve? He promotes basketball. Yeah. <laughs> he He's speaks to job. people like they're tax-paying adults. Like voters. <laughs> I I am I'm so sick of being spoken down to by Gary Bettman. It's like no one runs a business like this. Imagine if I, I walked into my favorite restaurant and every time I did, they said, hey, what's up, asshole? That's such but they a don't know point. me like that. I'd eventually find someone else who just makes a, a, a similar pizza. But the problem is, I'd is find that if, someone you're the, else who, if you're the only pizza in town. Yeah, but you're not. You're not. I mean, I got news for you, buddy. Yeah. You're not the only pizza oh, place. In There's no AEW here. Yeah. Steve. <laughs> what's the other league? We're Who, looking what's at? this other? What's the other league? The entirety of Earth. I'll oh, watch something mean, else. I'll watch basketball. I'll oh, watch football. Oh, oh, I'll watch soccer. I'll play video games. We're I'll read a book. Talking. I'll print out a dartboard with your face on it. I'll walk <laughs> the dog. I'll go to the park. I'll work out. I'll do anything else but watch this sport that just pisses on my shoes every time I'm standing next to it. Awful. I think we awful. Meant, we meant pizza in the terms of like there's restaurants. There's other restaurants, mm -hmm. Steve, that serve different food, but this is the only one that serves hockey. All right. No, but that's a great point because like you said, you didn't watch on on Saturday the All-Star game happen. You did another thing in your life that is an option to do because the hockey on Saturday wasn't compelling enough to make you go sit down in front of the TV and watch it. I'll I'll play it. I'll play it. Like if if I have the option to go play badly, by the way, really, really badly, if I have the option to play it or watch a game, I'm playing. Like mm -hmm. I'll do anything but give you money. Like if you keep <laughs> treating me this way, I'm one of the I'm an enormous hockey fan. I've got to be top five percent. <laughs> like in terms of passion. I don't you think you know that's, what I mean? Yeah, you've built your career on being a hockey fan. Yeah, everyone listening to this hockey podcast right now is in the top whatever percent. What how do you think you'd poll, Gary? How do you think how do you think love of the sport has grown over the past two years, three years, five years? Stop treating us like assholes. Stop treating us like shit on your shoes. We sign, the owners sign your paycheck and we sign theirs. We're how they make money. We buy the ice cream. We buy the beer. We buy the tickets. We buy the boxes. And if you say fuck you to enough of us, we're going to stop doing that. Yeah, we're going to take it to somewhere up and watch them not go. Right. Watch and it them not go. Philadelphia is a huge market. Day two was a ghost town. Columbus is a uh, underrated market. Day two is a ghost town. We'll have it somewhere else. Fuck you. Montreal of all places too. Like I, I like you know, that's that's an yeah. that's a I like the insult. stereotype of the of the ugly Torontonian uh, in in Canada. But like <laughs> there is something about Montreal when it comes to hockey, and I'm saying this as a huge Leaf fan that is hallowed ground. It's magic. Mm -hmm. It's magic. And to treat 
to treat them that way. Like going do, to see do a the game. Celtics deal with this shit? Do the Lakers deal with this? No. Then the, Brutal. Go, go to a game in Montreal and tell me it's not magic. Go see the Montreal Canadiens play anybody. Tell me it's not magic. Tell Maybe me. not this year. <laughs> but I, I but, yeah, yeah, but they're still I mean, we saw them when they were garbage. They did win ten to one that night. But it, it's but in the it's, it's, it's with in Montreal. The DNA. You feel it. It's it's in the the air smells different. The building feels different. The goal horn that when you walk down the street and the statues and uh, going to Montreal will fix all the ugly feelings I just displayed about hockey. It, it will make you love it again. Like no wonder they're one of the most, if not the most passionate fan bases uh, in the entire sport. And, and to, and to make Habs fans feel uncomfortable in any way shows that this this man has so dramatically lost his way in terms of being the commissioner of the National Hockey League that he needs to take a hard look in the mirror or leave because you're not helping. I'll tell you why, from a business perspective, people believe that Montreal doesn't matter. The yep. business perspective is this. In Canada, we look at Montreal and we go, well, there's four, four and a half, five million people there. And... Mm -hmm. And they go and they but the English companies go, yeah, but there's really only mm -hmm. two million that speak English. So we're only interested in that two million. By the way, I don't know if you've been to Montreal lately, but most people are bilingual. So if you put together a compelling enough content, you could probably make money even from the francophone speaking people because they could speak English if your content was that good. Now, in obviously a lot of Montrealers are going to want to watch the game in French. So. The media companies look at it like it's a smaller city. In fact, they almost call it a small market because they're saying the French side's bigger. The TVA comes in and makes more money on the French side. I, I would argue in a lot of ways, the TVA broadcasts are just better anyway. And they, they come in and they do a great job. And they make, so, so they divide that. And then you got the dividing line. So you got the, the, lingual divi the, the, the bilingual dividing line. And then you've got the other dividing line, which is Canada and the United States. And so they look at Montreal, it's like, we've cut you in half and we've cut you in half again. Yep. And make no mistake, the TV revenues in the United States are 20 million times what they are here. They're However, in large. hockey, a big company called Rogers paid a bunch of money for it. So you're guaranteed billions of dollars from this one company. You're fine. Why don't you just pay the respect even if it's even if it's hard for you to do and i think i think at the end of the day steve i think you you hit it on the head he lost track at some point whether he ever had it or not of what makes a sport special and promotable and if you look at uh these there's a sports illustrated cover very very famous cold take from the early 1990s and it said hockey is poised to take over <laughs> it was supposed to be the most popular sport in North America. It was supposed to overtake baseball. And after the 80s, it was on a heater. They had great stars, high-scoring games. So what happens in the 90s? Well, we get a we get two lockouts, by the way. Two. One of them mm -hmm. was 10 days. The other one was the other. It was the, oh, it was the player's strike or whatever it was. And then, and then you get the neutral zone trap, which we do nothing about. We get uh, uh, a bunch of shitty rule changes, like the foot in the crease. And the hockey momentum that you had coming out of the 80s is almost dead as you get into the 2000s and then you have another lockout and lose your deal with ESPN. At a certain point, Steve is absolutely on the money. The owners need to look at Gary Bettman, not what's happening now, but what has happened 
for the entirety of his resume. The NBA was in many respects, even with Michael Jordan, who had not won his first championship yet, when that article was published, the NBA was behind the NHL. And look at what it's done in 30 years. And look at what the NHL's done in, the, in its 30 years. The only real difference, like from a leadership perspective, is Gary Bettman versus David Stern and Adam Silver. At a certain point, if I'm an owner, I go, yes, he's made us money. And yes, we get these great franchise tags. But couldn't we have made more? Is there no one else better? And I think because the NHL executive, the, the eight or 10 teams that truly run the thing, are in bed with Gary and don't really care, nothing's going to change. It's not like well, Gary wakes up, Steve, and gives a shit what we think. No. And it's not like he cares about growing the know. game in the way that we would want it to grow. You know, unless I got to tell hears, you. The one unless thing, he hears this and complains. <laughs> the, the, thing that, the thing that I find interesting is that all of the ways that we have tried to grow the game have come. It's not from the NHL. It's the grassroots stuff. It's the PWHPA. It's the Black Girl Hockey Club. It's all the ways that we try to make hockey more inclusive don't come from the NHL. It comes from the fans. Isn't that crazy? Hockey Diversity Alliance. Hockey Diversity. Former players who the NHL refused and, to work with. Uh, um, and current players, you know, too. Current players, yeah. I look at it this way because some people are going to point out, well, I mean, the expansion and they've expanded to Vegas and they've expanded to Seattle. Agreed. Uh, and Vegas you, went extremely well. They don't give you a medal um, when you run a personal best and finish last. Like, yeah, there's been progress. It's slower progress than every other sport, basically. Yeah. You're, you're getting your show run. Run. I'm not going to give you uh, pity points. Because because you expanded? because that Was that not the natural progression of things? What, am I going to give you credit for not going backwards? I tell you what, you're making new fans in other markets by expanding there, and that's great. The ones that are in markets that you're already in feel talked down to every time you open your exhausting mouth. I'm sick of it as a Canadian. I don't feel loved by him. I, I don't think he's ever loved Canada. I don't think he's ever fully appreciated who we are and what we're about. Um, and I think we're a chore to him. And I think he looks at us as an anchor to his personal success. And I think that's because he looks at it like the way Adam just outlined it, where if if you're an American marketer and you look at Montreal, you say, eek, that's, uh, I'm marketing to like 1 million people mm -hmm. if you're breaking it down the way you just did. And I think Bettman looks at it and he looks at the bottom line. He says, I wish I had these franchises in more profitable places. But he doesn't realize that if you're just ranked the fandom in these locations, in these Canadian cities, Montreal probably comes out number one. Easily. That's what you need to realize. There are more Toronto fans, but I would imagine that... The passion. The passion, I don't think you can match it. No, and he doesn't, he doesn't care mm -hmm. at all that the most passionate fans are there, that the most passionate fans are north of the border. And he's never cared, and he's not going to change his mind until he's gone. And by the way, not completely. We understand that if you're an American market right. and you're listening to this, we get that you're passionate. You're listening to a hockey podcast, for goodness sakes. <laughs> we know. But I'm just saying when it, you... When obviously, you, I hope that's obvious. I hope it's obvious. I want to keep repeating it because I want everybody to understand that, like, we get it. Hockey's growing in the States. I'm fucking thrilled. But as a Canadian, we get swipes. And I told you, right? There's got to be a gaslight moment. There's got to be a no Arizona's a good market. Phoenix is a good market. Scottsdale's a good market. What else have we... What other places have they played? 
And then there's got to be a swipe in Canada. Yeah. There has yeah. to be. That's a Gary Bettman press conference. So I'm speaking directly to the Gary Bettman element of this, which is, listen, as Canadian hockey fans, I feel loved by other fandoms, fan groups, even Edmonton fans. Mm-hmm. And usually the swipe at Canada can be broken down into like three different categories. Quebec City's not getting a team. Uh-huh. Something uh, that the sh- the Sens uh, fucked up. Yeah. Or uh, Calgary's <laughs> not getting an arena and we're moving them to a space. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they're going to go to the moon. He hits one of those three things. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's a shame. Montreal Canadiens fans deserve better, deserve better. If you are a fan of Canadian hockey in Canada, whether you're an American or a Canadian or you're from somewhere else, you should want better for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans and for Canadian fans in general. Like, if somebody said that about American fans, I'd be like, what the fuck? It's insane. And and I, I'm actually surprised that more hasn't been made of it, considering how intense the Montreal media is, although maybe they are. I think we all know that at the end of the day, they're probably, it's we're at like 90% sure they're going to host the draft because like you outlined, the restrictions are dropping in a month. So it's just a that's already, why we didn't freak out. We didn't freak out because we knew cared. he was just being a dick. Right. He was being a dick for no reason because we know He's, they're going to have 100% capacity come four weeks from right now. So why are you making this insult? Why are you saying the, that? The commissioner of the biggest hockey league in the world who has an $8 million salary is essentially a Twitter egg. <laughs> and that's not good enough for yeah. the sport. It's not. Montreal's going to have the draft. It'll be full capacity. They'll have all the days. And we're going to be talking about why did he have to go and say that at the All-Star Weekend? That was unnecessary. We all know the end result. gets on stage so I can boo him in person. Without credentials this time. I'll actually buy tickets. And I'll be at my first uh, draft without credentials. And I'll be a regular fan. And I'm going to boo the shit out of you. (laughs) Hooray. Boo. You stink. I'll voice my displeasure. All right. So... I do want to announce something that I, I didn't know this was coming across, but this is important. Uh, the Capitals are welcoming the PWHPA on March 4th and March 4th through 6th with Community Clinics. Uh, the Dream Gap Tour will be stopping in Washington, D.C. in partnership with the Capitals and Secret Deodorant. So how cool is that? Shout out to the PWHPA. Hooray! I'm sure Noxie and Cax will talk a little bit more about that on the show. Happy to see that happening. That's great. And obviously, a lot of their stuff has been delayed and pushed aside and et cetera, et cetera. COVID, COVID, COVID. So it's kind of nice to see that happening. And of course, Noxie and Cax will continue and have the full breakdown for you on what network? The sports are fun. Gary Bettman is not network. All right, let's talk about this. (laughs) Kyle Dubas admitting to, and I I have to say this press conference, if you didn't catch this, and I don't blame you if you didn't because it was like a post-skate press conference. It was one of the most honest press conferences I've seen Kyle Dubas do. Mm -hmm. He said a couple of things of note. First thing is, man, I would really love to see the team that I constructed play a game together. Mm -hmm. They have fought injuries all season long. Jake Mm -hmm. Muzzin was on the ice yesterday without a concussion protocol jersey, so that's great. Spectacular news. And then the other thing, and this is important as we go into the trade deadline, because guess what? All-Star game's over, which means we're going to the trade deadline talk. CJ Show is the way to go for that. By the way, he's going to have all that stuff. He said, listen, we don't have a lot of bullets. We might be able to focus on one area with our cap constraints. And I also, he didn't say this, but I think it's implied. They don't want to give up too much in their in their farm system or draft picks. Um, they might be able to focus on one area and go after that one area, meet that need, hopefully. So my question to you is, 
And and again, Kyle admitted to this. I don't know if we've seen enough from the team that's constructed from from what you've seen. And things have been pretty damn good if you're a Leaf fan this year. From what you've seen, what's the area? If you're Kyle Dubas, what's your area? Right D. If you can get a left D too, do it. But right D in particular. That's the area. That's the beginning, middle, and end of it. I, you don't need a forward. Get a right D. So here's why Here's why I question that. Okay. I'm going to question that. What do that. you got? Not because you're not correct in a vacuum. But we also oh, no. know the implication is we don't want to give up too much value here. Right? Mm-hmm. To get right D, you're paying primo prices. Primo pasta. Primo pasta pa- Andrea prices. Andrea Bargnani. That's right. You are paying. You are paying for. You, you didn't get the New York strip. You got the fillet wrapped in bacon. Okay. Ew. You got the fillet mignon. It's a thirty dollar piece mignon. of steak. Are you willing to pay thirty dollars for it? Are they willing to pay that price? And that's why I wonder if if they even worry about that at all. My question is: Do they go and they go to somewhere cheaper, which could actually make a really big difference? Do they add another forward? I was about to say, well, it's not with the offense because the offense is fine. It and is. The, the offense but has, could it be finer? The offense already has too much. They have guys scratched who could pencil in at any moment when there's an injury. Well, you got Clifford and Richie. Yeah. Who yeah. Are, they're good for a neutral. Yeah. I don't expect them to score. Yeah. But what if I could get, what a guy, get a guy in there who pushes one of the other people down? Like you're talking about getting like Engvall out of the lineup. Yeah. Like and not, not, be, not, not that Engvall's played bad. He hasn't. He's been playing great. But like, what if you could get another Alex Kerfoot type? Why? For who? Well, I, but I'm saying for what, if, for what position, Mike? I, I was just saying I don't know that they've got. Are they really going to pay the price for the right-handed shot defenseman? That's my question. They never have at the trade deadline. Really, they did it for Muzzin, who's left. They if they could, first I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they have the assets to add a forward. Um, they can improve on a forward though. Right. So I could see them trading Kerfoot, for example, or Engvall what? as part as part of a package that brings in a forward what? that is even better as part of a package. But uh, I, from my personal perspective, uh, you already know what I'm going to say. It's kind of pointless if you don't improve on on defense. Mm-hmm. It's such a glaring weakness. I know, but are they going to pay that price? I think that's a fair question. What's the price? What is the Outline price? Outline it for me. Is it, is it Rodion Amirov in a burst? Oh. I don't get the impression they want to do that with Robertson or with Amirov. And both of their or values Niemela. are in the toilet Yeah, because they Ni- haven't played. Yeah, teams are calling and they want Niemela or Nyes, who was a guy who I uh, should have said is off limits. So I don't want to trade any of those guys. So you're looking at... Like I don't who's, hate them trading the first round pick. I don't hate that. I think that's the right thing to do. But is that going to be enough to get you a defenseman who signed past this season? Or does it even matter? Is it going to get you the right shot defenseman that's going to make a difference? Yeah, what's the price here, Stephen? Yeah, well, so I'm trying to think of like whose stock is about to go up. So Abruzzese, his stock could potentially go up with the American Olympic team. Nyes, I think, is going to skyrocket that... Awesome pick, awesome pick, and I. If I'm a Leafs fan, I you, you take him from my cold dead hands. <laughs> so I think, I think you have to take someone off the roster, right? Um, I if also, you're going to make an improvement to this team, 
the other thing, and I'm going to contradict myself here, but this is on purpose. Josh Hosang has played really well with the Marlies, is on the Olympic mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. The bet, at least in my mind, is that they're going to sign him to an NHL deal when he comes back. Mm-hmm. And thankfully to yep. everybody to reach out, he doesn't have to enter re-entry wa- waivers. Which but is he great. has the freedom to sign yeah. with any team. I think he, he did say in a, in a quote that he would check with Toronto first. Yeah. Because he wants to be here. We'll see. The Tampa Bay is so, like, yeah. hey, Josh saying. So does up? that mean then that you have a player, a roster player, and a pick to give? Because Josh Hosang could come in. Yeah, that's possible. You I'm know, just trying to Hosang... work this out. Like, what are the right. bullets that he's talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Dermott is a potential bullet, too. You know, you can improve on defense by trading a defender. You know, you're probably going to have to do that. There's, they're going to have to get creative here, and I don't think it's going to be anything overly earth-shattering. Like, they're not going to add, like, an Alex Petrangelo. You know what I mean? But if they can literally just get better in certain areas, defense, um, I think it'll be a big victory for Dubas. And also, like, it'll create the least amount of interruption. He's got to be trying to find some sort of fit for Nick Ritchie somewhere, which could potentially free up some space as well. I mean, geez, that might cost him more assets than bringing someone in is getting him <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Yep. Doing right by Richie. Doing right by Richie. I mean, you know, you go to Arizona and you go, Hey, we already paid a big bunch of his deal. Actually. No, we looked it over. He has a nightmare contract. Yeah, it goes up. It goes next year. Yeah. It's more money. Yeah. Ooh. So just to, just to reiterate that, uh, he makes 1.7 this year and 3.3 the, the next Holy shit. Oh, that contract is at the bottom of the goddamn ocean. That is so bad. Uh, That's another little underlying thing ahead of the deadline. Like, they kind of got to get him back in the lineup. Like, do they? To give him an opportunity to not be this $2.5 million healthy scratch. Well, but Engvall's winning them games or helping to win them games. Yeah, I I can see that. Listen, he's not getting traded at the deadline. Nick yeah. Ritchie's going to be a leaf after the deadline. My thing is maybe for the play, like as you're resting players for the playoffs, that's when you bring Nick Ritchie in. I think Adams all right. Yeah. Then you let him. Yeah. You, you play. You put him up and down the lineup. Try to find a spot for him where he looks relatively comfortable, and then you know where you can use him. And then he gets some game experience in. And then in the playoffs, when one of your forwards inevitably goes down, he's sharp. And then you trade him in August. There you go. Whatever. Like, I hope he has a bonus where it's like, hey, you get a million dollars on July 1st, and then the Leafs pay that, and then he's easier to move. Because I don't oh, think yeah. Nick Ritchie's long for the Leafs, and but it's definitely, I don't think a, a trade's coming with Nick Ritchie in the next three weeks. Well, actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sorry, I just clicked off of his page, but I'm pretty sure his contract is... Yep, no bonuses. No so, bonus. Oh my god. So, dude, it's horrible. It's a really, really yeah. props to his agent because uh, if the goal was to uh, sign in Toronto and stay there, um, well, I mean the Marlies are in Toronto as well, and that's the team he's currently with. That's mm-hmm. that's a tough one. Mrazic doesn't make any sense to move him. By the way, tonight the goalies in Dave in the first Carolina game in Toronto since the David Ayers game are the same as they were last time. <laughs> it's just they switched teams. No way. Oh, that's true. Mrazic and Anderson. Yeah. 
Yeah, Reimer started for Carolina in that game and got pulled, and because uh, he got hurt very early on. Right. And then it was Mrazek, who got run into by Kyle Clifford, who is also back. <laughs> uh, oh God, That's funny. I am. I'm Where ready to be hurt again. Okay. Well, I hope. Uh, I hope Ayers is ready to go. Yeah, get me to a million views. I'm almost at I'm at like nine thirty for the David Ayers video. I want right. a million. So with that, I think we can go to the press conference, can't we, Jesse? Uh no, else? I can't pull up the questions because I can't move off of Steve's screen. Oh. So it's you, okay. Okay. Well, oh, we're, we're like an hour twenty in. Yeah, okay. All right. Um one I'm we sorry. can one thing we can talk about. Yeah, Steve, you better be sorry. I'm just I'm using you as an excuse as well. Um, but one thing I do want to talk about is the jersey over your right shoulder, Stephen. What is that? Uh, it's an all-star jersey that I put in there for Sportsnet videos and just never took out. What uh, year is that all-star jersey? This year. Oh, this year's? Okay. Cool. So I, I I did watch a little of the all-star game. The uh, going to review for offsides is absurd. I don't why know, do they do that? I don't know why they did offside reviews in the all-star game. Is it a joke? Game. No, no. Three it was legitimate. Um, the, the actual two of those goals were consequ- consequential goals because it was a two goal lead and they could have got it down to one with like two minutes to go and they went offside and they took away the goals and it just took away all the fun. I don't know why they do that. But with the jerseys, why don't they put the all-star logo on the front of the jersey instead of the NHL logo? Don't all the other leagues put the all-star logo on the front uh, of the jersey? Question. I don't know. I, I don't. NBA All-Star. Let me have a look. Yeah, look at the NBA All-Star jersey. I'm pretty sure the NBA All-Star logo is the front of the All-Star jersey. But it does say NBA. Like, it does have... It's like a sheriff badge. Yeah, NBA All-Star. But it does say All-Star. Yeah, they don't say All-Star on that. I don't know why they put the NH... It looks so ugly, and it's (laughs) disgusting, and I don't like the jersey (laughs) at all. put SDPN. I'll do that for... Wednesday show. Sorry about that. Throwing the dangle yeah. navy. Yeah, you're right. It does say it. Yeah, yeah, it just says yeah, all star. All the NBA yeah. all star jerseys are are all star jerseys. Interesting. It didn't make sense to me that the NHL logo is on the front of the jersey. Huh. And also, I appreciate the MLB all star. Yeah, they have fun all star designs with the NBA jerseys. See, if you want to get wacky with a jersey, <laughs> get wacky with the all star jersey. Right. The all star jerseys where they get where they get super conservative. But like, if you want to drop whatever the hell that abomination Minnesota St. Paul thing was at the all-star game i'm all for it because it's the all-star game who cares anyways that bothered me and the offside yeah, reviews bothered me yeah they're, also they're uh we did this live on friday during the skills competition stream but uh trevor zegris got screwed yeah come on <laughs> what was that <laughs> so the whole joke i guess was the house always wins and i'm like yeah. hey, somebody's like don't you get it's a joke the house always wins and i'm like wouldn't it have to be funny and and, and the other <laughs> thing and then the person's like well it's for children I'm like, then what am I fucking watching for? So you made a gambling joke? Right. Uh, for children. Oh, yeah. All those kids are going to get that the guy who did the cool thing and went viral oh. didn't win. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, yep. I know that saying. I can't wait to make cigarette jokes with children. Uh, yeah. Like, I, think, I think at the end House of the day. House always wins. It's what all the grade fives are talking about. It can't be. It, it can be for children. It can be for kids and the grown-up children among us, which mm-hmm. I admit I am. Mm-hmm. And also be judged properly both can be true as a hockey as a as a person who grew up watching hockey when i was a little kid and i would sit on the couch and watch hockey and i could only watch the second period because my parents made me go to bed before the third and i would watch this to the second period i liked the fact that they called the rules by the rule book <laughs> even in the all-star game which i watched religiously i don't understand 
I don't Adam, get it. You were sitting next to me watching the skills competition. Alex Petrangelo won. What did he do? He brought out a band, a marching band. See, I expected you to not remember, but instead you did remember and were bored by it, which is worse. <laughs> it's just boring. It's not. There's nothing exciting about it. Zegris like, did something that I've never seen before. I have never seen that move. I showed my dad, who does not care, and he was flabbergasted. Like, he had just been introduced to extraterrestrials. He's like, I have no idea. I've never seen that before my entire life. The It should have been the Trevor Zegra show. Oh, Every amazing. aspect of the All-Star game. I would have paid to watch. He should retire. He doesn't need to play for the Ducks. He could just do like N1 mixtapes and shit and travel <laughs> the, the, the continent. And I would watch it. I would. Yeah. I would just watch him do like a uh, friggin' um, oh god, what's that one? Was it skip to my Lou? Mm -hmm. I would I would just watch him do and one stuff and cool tricks with his. You know what is always hockey make on you know sponsored Instagram posts? Probably and how a lot. much of the how much of the Ducks offering Trevor Zegers? Probably a lot. <laughs> no, they probably make a Zach lot. Bell. Yeah, Zach Bell. Yeah. <laughs> just retire and do cool tricks, man. He was on the ice with uh, with Zach before practicing that move pregame. And yeah. then uh, he was helping him out with it, and it was cool to see. That's Zegers cool. Actually do what it. are you getting hit for? What right. are you back checking for? <laughs> Boo! Boring. So just do cool shit. <laughs> that one was garbage because of the result. The blackjack one, I, I like. I enjoyed I that. It. That yeah. was cool. There's something there. They need to figure out smaller targets because yes. the the guys yeah. were too good at it. They all got 21 twice, and then they ran out of cards. So, uh, yeah, the guys are too good at sniping and they need smaller targets. Is it possible for the NHL, if I'm going to give my opinion on this, to have the pucks glowing so the players don't have to hit the pucks <laughs> in the middle of an event? Tell me how you can't just turn on the light right. instead of a player going, hit, 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 like smacking the thing to get it going. Just let it, let the, oh. you could, or you could put a remote control in, whatever you want. Right. Turn on the light. All I learned. I'm bored. All I learned. All I learned from that event is there's a dollar store next to the Bellagio. <laughs> it was it was painful what to watch. What the hell were those? Yeah, because for for the Bellagio Fountain event, it actually took away from the competition and their scores because before yes. they could shoot the pucks into the fountain, they had to hit them to turn them on. That's right. So you're taking away like four seconds out of their total score, mm -hmm. which is ruining the scores. It yeah. was made no sense. I don't care about watching the player hack this this stupid puck well, a couple of them didn't even work yeah i what i care about is hey can let me see them do something cool accurately how cool is that see, that was great they did it again they did it again we talked about this on the stream and we gave them too much credit because the accuracy competition was actually great mm -hmm. because they went back to the thing that's always worked the foam oh that accuracy competition You're shatter not yeah. Instead of the glass bullshit they had in St. Louis that didn't even friggin' work and ruined the entire event. But they just did a different version of it for those pucks that you had to whack. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. NHL. You can't do technology. Stop. Stop. Stop trying. Listen, stick to what you're good at. Stick to your strengths. It's a good life lesson. It's not to not try new things. It's stick to what you're good at. 
And what you're good at it ain't technology. Can I also it's not say incorporating this? technology in any way, shape, or form. You I, suck. I respect the hell out of the fact that they moved. The event moved. They moved, they moved, they moved, they moved. Yeah. But Seven, real 30 fast. to 10. But yeah. you could have cut a couple of those events to do a second go. I.e., a couple of them. The first and the last. Fastest skater, I think, deserved a second round. A final. You know, yeah, a final. A final, Give me yeah. two or three guys who are the top three, and they're the ones that skate around again. That's it. That's all you need to do. The accuracy competition, same thing. All we saw was these guys, they were, they were super accurate. Some of them weren't. I want to see a final between two guys. Mm-hmm. That's you, it. You're talking head. about the one with the four squares in the... Yes, yeah, the, four, yeah. the accuracy. Sorry, the, you're yeah, right. The four the square Bellagio accuracy. Because the Bellagio one's uh, accuracy as well. Different accuracy. But, yeah. yeah, 100%. <laughs> I like the fact that some of the events were pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really smart because that guarantees that you're going to run on time. Yeah, the ones outside were filmed uh, Thursday night. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't do the breakaway competition if we're not going <laughs> to... If we're not going to sort of take it seriously here. If we're not going to do, let's do a stylistic breakaway competition. I loved Jack Hughes' thing where he got the, the young guy. Like, that was cool. But Petrangelo yeah. just walked out with a band and was like, here, I'm going to fire it over the goalie's glove. And, oh, I won. It's dumb. It's dumb. I, I don't know. It's my opinion. Anyway. I get get a production assistant to turn on all the pucks yeah. two seconds before Wait. they go to... Wait. Before they go to shoot them. Just I mean, get it, somebody to turn on the damn pucks. I interned for the NHL for a while. What'd you do? Well, I turned on pucks at the All-Star yeah. Game. Hired. That's Thank you. You saved the games. Anyway, listen. We love you. And we will be back Wednesday. Steve will be remote all week. Jesse and I will be in here unless Jesse decides to catch COVID as well. Not not Friday. You'll be back Friday. Oh, right. Uh, I don't know because I haven't tested positive all right. yet. You can come oh. back Wednesday, maybe. Whoa. <laughs> I'm probably gonna the kid sneezes into my exposed eyeballs like, <laughs> we'll before I have a chance to blink like, well listen make I, sure you give him a couple Tom Brady on the lip kisses yeah Ooh. or David Beckham <laughs> on the lip kisses <laughs> for sure just, just both for cheeks sure. grab him Anyway, <sighs> he got the hard red lines too. <laughs> like it wasn't even like, oh, am I uh, like playing with COVID? No, nope. no, no. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> anyway, guys, we uh, we gotta go. But uh, thank you so much for for listening to the show. Steve, what do you normally say at the end of LFR? Do it here. That is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really like to tell your friends. Don't talk down to Canadians. We spend money on your dumb sport. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.